studio and on the line with us is Becky Emery, Department Operations Center Manager. Good afternoon, Becky. Good afternoon, Alicia. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for coming back. It's really great to have you on these Friday afternoons so that our listeners have a chance to ask their questions. I can think of a lot of questions, but I can't think of all the questions. So it's great to give listeners a chance to call and and find out what's on their minds. Uh, But first, can we run through, you weren't on the briefing today, which I thought was uh, new, get a little two to three o'clock on Fridays off for, for a change. But um, you were you listening to it? Did you hear? Uh, I was. Okay, good. So uh, he, Dr. Corrin ran through the vaccine totals, but I wonder if you could kind of uh, just give us the vaccine totals for the week and for so far with the vaccine efforts for the county. And then if we could run through the vaccine events coming up. Sure, sure. So our numbers so far for Mendocino County are 31,180 vaccines administered. Uh, And with that, 22,081 of them are to first doses. So that's 22,081 people in Mendocino County that have been vaccinated. So then when, uh, you know, one of the other things that we look at is, of course, our percentage of those individuals eligible that have been vaccinated. So 31.3% of our community members that are eligible, and that's uh, those over 16, uh, have been vaccinated. And then uh, additionally, 13.5% of our, again, over 16-year-olds have received both their first and second dose vaccines. So uh, a lot going on, a lot happening. And um, when we look at how we compare to the rest of the state, we're doing a phenomenal job. Um, we're in and top, that's really the top five, right? Partnership. I'm sorry? We're in the top five of the counties we, per capita. It's kind of cool. We are. We are absolutely so. That's what I said. We are doing a phenomenal job overall. Uh, today, as to the vaccine events, we have one going today. It's just wrapping up at the Ukiah City uh, City uh, Conference Center, and it is from 10 to 3. So as I said, it's just wrapping up there. Um, the county is also doing um, three events next week. Uh, we have a first event on Monday uh, at the Ukiah Fairgrounds. We have a first event on the 11th at the Ukiah Fairgrounds, and then on the 13th, uh, we have a, a um, an event. And so they're doing first and second doses. Excuse me, the 11th is second doses. Sorry. Uh, And then the 13th is a combination of first and second doses. So it gets really confusing. But we are going to be updating our website with that information so that people can see so that we get people signed up for the right vaccine event. Always important to get the right vaccine event. So uh, Adventist Health, of course, is doing a phenomenal job as well as one of our partners. Uh, they are holding vaccine events on Thursdays in Willits and on the coast. Uh, and then on Wednesdays, they have partnered with Hillside Health Clinic and are doing events in the Ukiah area. Uh, one of the other events that Dr. Korn shared is that Redwood Coast Medical Services, our CMS down in South Coast Wallala, is doing an event tomorrow. And they are looking to do events uh, each weekend throughout the uh the time that we're distributing vaccines, uh, as long as vaccines are available. So they're uh, another great partner for us. Um, And then there is a very small event that Mendocino Coast Clinic will be doing on Monday. 
uh, to do vaccines as well. So you're right, there's a lot happening when we're talking about our vaccines, and uh, but a lot of really great stuff yeah. uh, for, for Mendocino County when we look at how well we're doing and getting those vaccines out. I wrote it all down and then I couldn't even find my list. It was so confusing. So um, I just want to let me just run this by you just, you know, for a third time, super slow. Uh, Tuesday the 9th, the county has a first dose clinic from nine to five in Ukiah. Uh, Thursday the 11th, the county's hosting a second dose clinic again at the fairgrounds. And Saturday the 13th, so a week from tomorrow, there's a first and second dose clinic uh, at the fairgrounds in Ukiah. Um, and I wonder about that event that's happening now at the conference center. I know on Wednesday there was an enormous event at the Alex Rohrbach Center in Ukiah. And at the end of the event, uh, the they found that many people had not showed up for their appointments, so they had a bunch of extras. Would you advise people to just kind of lurk at the end of the event, at the end of um, vaccination events, just in case there's a similar thing that happens where they have extra doses available? So I know for the county events that our team has done a really great job of putting together um, what we're calling our wait lists so that we can call people that are eligible. We know they're eligible. They've already been verified to get them down for those vaccines. Um, And I I think our partners are doing similar um, uh, roles, uh, trying to make sure that they have those lists. I think the important thing is to recognize we absolutely, you know, uh, want to make sure every vaccine is administered. Um, And with that, I can, you know, happily say that Mendocino County has administered every single vaccine uh, that we've had available that we, you know, and, and all of our partners have as well. So all of the work that everyone is doing has been a phenomenal effort and we haven't had any go to waste at the end of vaccine clinics or that have not been administered. Uh, and so really a, a tremendous effort by not just the county staff, but also all of our community partners that yeah. are doing this as well. And really demonstrates the, the the hunger in the community to be vaccinated, even though we hear a lot about vaccine hesitancy. Certainly we have not gotten to the point where you don't have enough people who, who want to get vaccinated in Mendocino County. Um, okay, so then Adventist is holding uh, several events in the coming days. We have he talked about a Sunday event at the Willits High School, uh, a Tuesday event in Leightonville. And so, uh, the Tuesday event in Leightonville is Long Valley Health Clinic. Got it. Okay. So in Long Valley Health Clinic, uh, patients will be notified by their clinic for that yeah. one. Okay, yeah. good. And then Wednesday uh, is the big ongoing Adventist vaccination event at the Alex Rohrbaugh Center in Ukiah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. And if that wasn't clear <laughs> enough, a lot happening. yeah, it's, you know, it's been one of those things, even as a journalist trying to keep up with it has been a very, very hard. And sometimes we get a notice and then all of the slots are filled by the time we can get it to air. So it's, I can it, only it, imagine your side of things. And, and, you know, one of the things that adds to it is we don't know from one week to the next how many vaccines we're getting. Right. And so I know it's very short notice for everyone, and I just appreciate everyone's grace and flexibility, including, of course, our uh, media partners. We do our best. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about that. You, you don't know how many vaccines from week to week, so but this week seemed like it was a massive week. Uh, he, I think he said 6,500 
doses. So um, can you talk about that and then what you expect for next week? Well, we absolutely uh, have been receiving our our vaccines and were happily surprised to see that we had been allocated, as you said, 6,500 doses of the vaccines, and that was Moderna-Pfizer combination. Uh, And so we are continuing, of course, prioritizing those second doses um, and taking those off the top of that and then using remaining doses uh, as first doses for the various events that not only the county does, but also our community partners that we are uh, working with all of the clinics. Uh, and then um, as far as the doses, you know, we get notice on Sunday of what to expect. And then once in a while, we'll get a second notice. And that's really what happened here is we got the second notice and it was a significant second notice. You know, the governor had talked about his push to get 10 million vaccines administered. And so this is part of that. Uh, we are continuing our efforts as well on that. Uh, and for the upcoming um, events or for the upcoming week, we do know that we're going to be receiving less uh, because they don't have um, that huge push of vaccines from the state. Uh, to roll out, uh, I believe the state had just about a, uh, over a million vaccines that they were rolling out. And so um, certainly it's it's a large number when, when we looked at what we had received previously, but um, you know, it's not the 3 million that we were hoping. Uh, and so going forward, as far as Mendocino County, we just don't know what we're getting from one week to the next. So Sunday, we will get that notification and we'll be able to say what we're doing and how many we'll have. We do have that that, uh, as I said, that that pre-notification that it will be less than the 6,500 we've received, so. But uh, first of all, I want to welcome Ricardo. Are you there? Hello, yes. Hi, I'm here. Hi, welcome. Okay, so we've just been chatting along in, uh, in English, but let's go ahead and, and make this a bilingual segment for the rest of the half hour. That's sure. Right. Thank you so much, and thanks for being here. Um, did, did you catch enough of that to, to summarize or shall we just go on? Yes, I think I got a little bit. So, um, lo que dijo es que están continuando priorizando la segunda dosis de Moderna y de Pfizer y las otras dosis eh, también están planeadas varias jornadas con los distintos socios que tiene el condado de Mendocino con las clínicas y en cuanto a las dosis que se esperan eh, recibir el lunes o están esperando un aviso eh, hay alrededor de 10 millones de vacunas administradas y la siguiente semana dice que van a recibir menos porque hay menos vacunas en el estado eh, van a estar saliendo como un millón pero no son los, los 3 millones que esperamos y hasta el lunes van a saber cuántas eh, vacunas tendrán disponibles la próxima semana uh-huh. All right, thank you uh, two more questions before we open up the phone lines. One is we uh, we did in the last uh, report hear about another death in our community, and I wonder what you can tell us about the person who passed away. Uh, so, yes, we did have another death in our community. It was a 93-year-old female from the Ukiah area that passed away. And can you tell us anything mm-hmm. more about her? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ricardo. Sorry. Eh, la pregunta era que había otra muerte en la comunidad y la respuesta es que sí, sí hubo otra persona en el área de Yucaya, una persona de 93 años. Y bueno, la pregunta, le vuelvo a preguntar si nos podría decir un poco más sobre este caso. 
Um, I don't really have more information mm -hmm. uh, other than it was, you know, a COVID-related death, and she was not in the hospital at that time, is my understanding. Entonces dice que no tiene mayor información y que no estaba hospitalizada en el momento de la muerte. Okay, so not necessarily someone from one of the residential care facilities or, or, or anything like that? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Um, I, I don't have that information, Alicia. All righty. Entonces dice que entonces no, no estaba en ninguna instalación de cuidado médico y bueno, dice que no, no tiene esa información. I just, mm -hmm. I just ask because it's, it is hard. We've lost 44 members of our community now and it's hard to, as I've been saying kind of the whole time, it's hard to wrap our heads around it anyway because it's such a, a big loss, a big impact. But also we don't know who these community members are and I wonder about the project over the next months and years to remember them, you know, in a way that really respects and honors them. Absolutely. Each and every one of these individuals is important to us and important to our community members. Uh, so we, we absolutely want to remember them. Y bueno, ella comenta que sí, que ya se han perdido 43, 44 miembros de la comunidad y son grandes pérdidas. Eh, no se sabe quiénes son los miembros de esta comunidad para honrarlos. Y bueno, dice que sí, cada uno de estos individuos son importantes y serán honrados. Um, all right. So I do, of course, like I said, have tons of questions and uh, including issues about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and uh, the red tier, whether or not, you know, how that's all going to happen. And um, also really interested about the in, the disparities in vaccines, the ethnic disparities, you know, still white people are taking 50 percent of the vaccines and, you know, Latinos who are very uh, disproportionately affected by the virus are still getting down in the, the teens of the vaccines. But I really want to open up the phone lines at this point for listeners to, to call in and ask their questions. So I'm going to put out the number. It's 707-895-2448. Ah, y dice que tiene todavía muchas preguntas respecto a la vacuna de Johnson Johnson y está muy interesada en la situación de la disparidad étnica, ya que el 50% de las vacunas todavía están siendo recibidas por la comunidad blanca, mientras que la comunidad latina es la más afectada y están siendo menos vacunados. Y para abrir la señal ahora, eh, puede llamar al 707-895-2448. Right, and of course we can take questions in Spanish too. Y preguntas en español también. Hello caller, you're live on the air. Hi, thanks. Um, I just have a question about, since you said that you can't, um, they don't know too far in advance when clinics will happen for vaccinations. Um, sometimes we actually have things like dentist appointments and that kind of thing. What if your second dose falls on a day when you can't make it and you need the vaccine of a certain type? Um, are there places you could get a second dose maybe the next day or the day prior? Because um, I know there's a four-day window or something like that for the second dose. It's a Pfizer. Ricardo, do you want to translate the question first? Mm -hmm. 
Sí, dice, hola, tiene una pregunta. Eh, no se sabe cuándo van a tener las jornadas de vacunación. ¿Qué pasa cuando no puedes llegar a la segunda dosis? ¿Y si se puede tomar una cita eh, algunos días previos, hasta cuatro días pre previos? ¿Sabe que hay una ventana de cuatro días o incluso hacerlo un día anterior? Esa es la pregunta. Uh -huh. Uh, so, as the caller said, there is a four-day window on either side. That is best, you know, best uh, opportunities that we want to recommend uh, that people do. But if you have to go over a little bit, um, you know, that's that's okay. Uh, it's certainly the the most important piece is to make sure that that the caller does follow up and get that second dose. So if they go past their four days, um, you know that's okay if that's what they have to do you know we've had that with people that are uh COVID positive and they have to wait we had it with people that um, for different reasons aren't able to come in they may have a, a cold um and they need to wait until they're symptom free to come in and take that vaccine so so there's lots of reasons why it may be delayed but absolutely the most important part is to get that second dose and and is it possible mm -hmm. to to know where to get that second dose of the same kind? <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, the translator. <laughs> mm -hmm. eh, dice que sí hay una ventana de cuatro días y si tiene que pasarse, pues está bien. Lo más importante es que obtenga esa segunda vacuna. Eh, y eso puede ocurrir cuando hay casos positivos y se ha tenido que esperar o la persona tiene alguna gripe y se tienen que... Eh, hay muchas razones por las cuales hay un retraso, pero lo importante es que sí obtenga esa segunda vacuna. Y la pregunta es si es posible saber dónde obtener esa segunda dosis. Thank you, Ricardo. Uh, it's really important that the individuals go back to get their second dose from the same source that they received their first, because that's how those vaccines are being allocated, is based on their first doses. Y dice que la respuesta es que lo mejor es que reciban la segunda dosis de en el mismo lugar y sitio donde obtuvieran, obtuvieron la primera dosis. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the question. Okay. Thank you. Muchas gracias por la pregunta. Gracias. All right. The phone lines are open. It's 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. If you have a question for Becky Emery, who's the Department Operations Center Manager for Mendocino County. Ajá. Y la línea está abierta en el 707-895-52448 para Becky Emery del Condado de Mendocino. And here's our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. I want to ask if two people, a friend of mine in Portland, me in Mendocino, both have had our second doses. Can we meet safely and take our masks off? So we just lost Ricardo, just lost so Ricardo. I'll go ahead and answer the question. Okay, yes, okay. this is the question everybody wants to know. <laughs> so I would remind people the vaccine does not mean that you would not get COVID and it just um, lessens those symptoms of COVID. And so I, you know, if you're gonna meet with your friend, you definitely need to still engage in social distancing and wear your mask. 
and you know keep each other safe. We absolutely want to make sure that people are still following those same guidances. Uh, the, the vaccine does help protect you in, as I said, in reducing those symptoms and and the the but it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus or then coming home and spreading it to your loved ones that have not been vaccinated. Thank you for the answer. One other small question. Sure. If I may. Yep, go for it. Uh, is it possible for one who has both vaccinations to still carry the virus around and be positive to other people? So yes, it is, which is why we absolutely want to encourage that people wear their masks and do that social distancing because they they can still have that virus and carry it and pass it to others so it's i appreciate your question and it's very important that we get that information out to our community do we have any idea an estimate of how long into the future that will be required i honestly wish i did but i do not uh so i i really i think the more vigilant we are the more we get vaccinated the quicker that will happen thank you very much and all thank right. you for having this program thank you for Bye the now. call goodbye all right we have another caller good afternoon caller you're live on the air good afternoon hispanics are a valuable uh component of this community of Mendocino County. They like to be, as all people, like to be treated with respect and dignity. Dr. Korn was alluding to the fact that they weren't Caucasian today. He separated, made a difference between Hispanics and, on the other end, the Caucasians. Hispanics, the word Hispanic means that they come from the Iberian Peninsula, Hispaniola, uh, of uh, Portugal and Caller, Spain. Caller, do you have a question for Becky Emery? Yes, I do. Um, I would really appreciate um, addressing the – it's like you can't even say Spanish-speaking people because some don't speak Spanish, some speak Spanish. Um, some have ancestry with uh, Spain, some don't. But okay, are you concerned um, about the terminology, Hispanic versus Latino versus I mean, there Caucasian? are Europeans, exactly, in the United States who have mixed with Native Americans, and you don't make a difference. You don't make, you know, you don't differentiate. So, you know, I, I would really appreciate if uh, when you talk about these people that you just treat them like... Uh, all the other citizens of the United States, you know, just talk about people in general. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Do you want to talk about why you don't do that, Becky? Why it's important to uh, look at the different ethnicities and the way that, that the virus is impacting them? Certainly. The virus is impacting, um, especially uh, when we talk about Hispanic people that speak Spanish, uh, the Latinx community, uh, definitely more impactful. We have had a, a much higher um, uh, ethnicity of the Hispanic Latin, Latinx community that have contracted the virus, and certainly in looking at the deaths. Um, and the re there are reasons for that that we've talked about within the, the Healthy Index, um, their access to medical care. Uh, a lot of different factors come in when we're talking about those um, uh, ethnicities and um, the individuals that are 
contracting this virus. And so it is certainly one of the factors that we're looking at and want to be aware of. Um, certainly the governor is, is aware of it as well and has listed that as part of, you know, in this next rollout of these vaccines, putting this priority of 40% of the vaccines into those uh, the HPI, um, the Healthy People's Index, and looking at specifically at ethnicities and at households and um, a lot of different factors there. Uh, and so I appreciate the callers um, raised awareness around the cultural sensitivity, and we absolutely are working to ensure that we are being culturally sensitive. But um, that is, it is definitely a factor in the ethnicity uh, in moving forward and making sure that we protect the, the individuals in our community. Right. And these are socioeconomic factors. These are not because of any susceptibility that any race or ethnicity intrinsically has biologically. This is because of the way our society is set up and historical racism that uh, that this virus is hitting those communities harder. And if we ignore that and treat everybody the same, then we're actually perpetuating uh, that uh, disparity. Um the number Absolutely. and is also why we, we want to try to do this show bilingual, but unfortunately, we lost our interpreter. <laughs> so yeah. we'll try again next week. Um, it's 707 895 2448. The lines are open 707 895 2448. I know the other big question that everybody wants to know is when are we getting into the red tier? And it's also you know, looking at the dashboard today, there's some yellow on that dashboard from from numbers that uh, are in the yellow tier. Uh, so we're getting a little bit excited here that maybe there will be some movement soon. There is a lot of excitement around those numbers on that dashboard, and rightfully so. I think Mendocino County residents are doing a phenomenal job of getting vaccinated, of engaging in social distancing and wearing their masks. And with that, you know, we are hopeful. We are very hopeful. Uh, the state does uh, look at us by population. So as Dr. Corn shared, um, that means that we have to have less than 43 cases in a week, in the week that they look at. And they look at the numbers once a week. Um, and so our uh, goal is to keep those numbers low. And if they stay low this coming week, we will get our first qualifying week. And keep in mind, we have to have two. So the earliest that Mendocino County can move to the red at this point um, in the current tier structure is that we would uh, be, this, be notified on the 16th of March of a second qualifying week, hopefully. And, uh, and then March 17th, we would be in the red tier, hopefully. Um, but that's gonna take a lot of work and diligence and vigilance on Mendocino County's part, uh, all of our residents to continue getting vaccinated, continuing wearing our masks and that social distancing. Let's, um, let's make it the 18th, just so that <laughs> we don't blow it for, for St. Patrick's Day on the 17th, can you imagine? Um, yeah, he said that uh, if we make it on the 8th, to lower than 43 per week. And then they're going to check us again on the on the 15th or the 16th. And if we make it to lower than 43 on the 16th, then then we might be good to go to the red tier, which means a whole lot of other things are going to start to open up. We, we yes. have a, we have a, another caller. Caller, are you still there? Yes. Hi. Go ahead for, with your question. Hi. Hey. My friend and I were in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona from March until November together. We were not tested. We had never exhibited any symptoms. We drove up here in November. She stayed a month 
returned. We have now both had one shot apiece. We will get our second shots within the next week. Can we be together without our face masks and six feet, or do we need to maintain that? Well, so the question I would have is whether or not your friend is um, one of your frequent regular contacts, part of what we used to call your social bubble, but now it's your normal gathering group um, or your normal group that, that you would be with. Uh, so I, I think that's part of the question that I would have there. Um, if you are just going to be visiting your friend and then leaving for the weekend, I would absolutely recommend that you're wearing your masks and engage in that six foot social distancing. Uh, so it really depends on on that contact and whether it's planned to be again sustained for a, a six week period uh, or if it's just a really quick visit. No, I, I was thinking of going down there and staying with her for two or three months. And so I was hoping we would... wouldn't have to have our masks on in for that kind of time period. Well, two to three months sounds like you will definitely be in, in one another social group uh, and would probably be able to uh, remove your mask if you're uh, engaging in a uh, support network for one another. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks Once for the again. call. All right. But it does bring up a good point. He said that they've only had their first doses. Uh, and there is a, a lag time between the, the actual shot and when you develop immunity, right? That's correct. Uh, it's two weeks after your first, your second shot, and that immunity is really looked at as being uh, in place for a good 90 days, and they're still doing a lot of studies on it uh, even beyond that and see what the efficacy is. Oh, um, so, so they're not sure it's going to be permanent immunity. You know, this is a new virus, and it's it's all new that we're trying to make sure that we keep everybody safe and protect everyone, uh, which is why our quarantine is again um, that that uh, close contact. If you've had your your vaccines uh, and you are close contact, um, you know we absolutely are looking at that 90-day window for the vaccines. After that, uh, we are looking at more stringent quarantine again. All right, so if you have had both of your shots and it's been two weeks since your second shot, then if you have close contact with a known case, a known positive, you don't have to quarantine. But if it's been more than 90 days since your second shot, then well, we anticipate and there that are you'll factors have to in that. quarantine. Okay. Yes, there are certainly factors in that. I mean, we're talking about household size, you know, and lots of other pieces of those. Uh, but yes, always under There's typical always so CDC factors. guidance. <laughs> <laughs> if you ran into simple? somebody for that 15 minute conversation <laughs> and you're in, after the two weeks and less than 90 days, then you more than likely will not have to quarantine. So another reason to get your vaccine, but certainly best practice is always to maintain that social distance, wear your mask. Yeah, there's some really nice things about social distancing, but um, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. We are finished for the day. It's 3.31. I want to let you get back to your very important work. But uh, before you go, can you just give us uh, a sense of what to keep in mind in the coming week? You know, in the coming weeks, uh, really and truly, I think Dr. Korn says it best, you know, don't hesitate, vaccinate. The best vaccine is the one you have access to. So really and truly, the most important thing we can do for our community is, is vaccinate, wear your mask and socially distance. Uh, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna get through it together to the best of our ability as quickly as possible. 
It sounds like Johnson and Johnson doesn't have the weird side effects or the word. It's not side effects, but it's like reactions, feeling kind of sick and my, your arm hurts afterwards and that kind of stuff. It sounds like Johnson and Johnson doesn't have quite as extreme uh, as effects as the Pfizer and the Moderna. You know, it's a new vaccine, so I'm just not ready to say that yeah, yet. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out when it gets here and, and we can you know, take some take some calls from people who've had it. All right, Becky Emery, Department Absolutely. Operations Center Manager for Mendocino County. Thanks again for being here. Really appreciate your time and all of the information you've shared with us. Thank you so much, Alicia. Have a great day, everybody. You too. And thank you to all of you listeners who called in and who joined us today on the Friday Coronavirus uh, update. We'll be back on Monday at three o'clock with Dr. Drew Colfax. And I'm Alicia Bales. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.